The journey to Emmaus by two disciples of Christ did not end the way that it began. What started as a somber and sad time from Jerusalem to Emmaus became a time of biblical and prophetic revelation of Jesus Christ, who had been crucified, buried, and was now resurrected and glorified. In Luke 24, we find that these two men walked and discussed what had taken place. And as they did, Jesus drew near to them and walked with them. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and yet so was their understanding as they had anticipated him naturally redeeming Israel and its rule. Their journey took a turn in understanding when Jesus Christ interpreted the Old Testament to them on their walk to Emmaus, pointing to himself in the scriptures as the Messiah who had indeed brought redemption for all who would believe in him. What a conversation to be had with the resurrected Christ as the word made flesh testified of him through the scriptures to these disciples. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Love Subscribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Subscribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the word and loving the one who is the word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Subscribe. Recently, I started daily scripture memorization with the entire letter to the Philippians. And I got to tell you, it is so encouraging. At first, I didn't know if I could do it. But every day I look forward to the verses I've committed to learning. And I find myself meditating on those verses and thinking on their meaning. The other day I came to Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Such a beautiful passage to help us understand the glory of God and the worship of Christ Jesus, our Savior. I decided to do this memorization not only to have the Bible in my mind, but also in my heart. It wasn't just to one-up someone or to win a debate. I truly want to know His Word and to glorify Him by knowing the truth contained in His Word. There are biblical passages and accounts which encourage us and cause us to think upon our walk with Christ. And for me personally, Luke 24 is one of those passages. It is a beautiful account of what happens when the scriptures are opened to testify of Jesus Christ. I want to take a few minutes to read this account to you beginning in verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? 
And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they arose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told them what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So we see here two disciples who are somberly walking along the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus, which was about a seven-mile journey. And while they are walking, Jesus draws near and walks with them. And the word tells us that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. We do not know what all that their conversation consisted of prior to this, but we could speculate that it had to do with what had taken place. You see, they were sad because, as they told Jesus, and they didn't recognize him at the time, but they were hoping that Jesus was the one that was going to redeem Israel back to an earthly kingdom. They thought that he was going to be a king for them to overthrow Rome. But they didn't see the bigger picture. They didn't see that he had indeed redeemed Israel, but it was a spiritual redemption. He was redeeming his people back to the Father. He was becoming the atonement of the sin of the world, the propitiation of sin to satisfy the wrath of God. And as they explain these things to Jesus, Jesus rebukes them for not believing the words of the prophets and the scriptures concerning himself. And so on their journey to Emmaus, he testifies of himself Now, keep in mind that though he is testifying of himself, they still do not recognize him. So they come to their destination and they ask Jesus to remain with them. And while eating together, Jesus takes the bread and breaks it and gives it to them. It was in that moment that their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus. He vanishes before them and they say a well-known statement that many have grown to love. Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? You see, I have read this passage many times, and I just focused on the experience of the hearts burning while talking with Christ. Yes, these disciples did recognize Christ in the breaking of the bread. Jesus is the bread of life, as the word tells us. He had fellowship with his disciples for over three years. But it was in the opening of the scriptures concerning himself that caused their hearts to burn within them. I mean, can you imagine what all was said in that seven-mile journey? Jesus began with Moses and then through all the prophets. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures concerning himself. Think about the reading of Genesis 3.15 with the first prophecy concerning the seed who would crush the serpent's head while the serpent would bruise his heel. Or Deuteronomy 18.15 of the coming prophet who would be raised up and that the people should listen to him. Or Psalm 22 that foretold of Christ's suffering. Think of hearing Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, utter and interpret the words of Isaiah 53, pointing to himself and saying, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
He likely interpreted to them the Passover feast among the other feasts, the high priest, the sacrifices, the tabernacle, all of it pointing to him. And they would have recognized the scriptures. There was much to interpret on that road to Emmaus. I honestly cannot imagine what that must have been like to hear Christ himself read the scripture concerning himself to these disciples. And for them to not recognize him, but to recognize that their hearts were burning at the opening of the scriptures that testified of him. Revelation 19.10 helps us in its true meaning when we hear the word of God ministered properly. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I will not insert myself into this passage, but I will say this. When reading the word, I am becoming more aware that this is God speaking to us. The word is alive and active. It is not dead, nor is it in need of renovation or an overhaul. This was one of the things that the reformers fought for was sola scriptura, that the scripture alone had the authority. It is the word of God. It is divinely inspired. It is God-breathed. That's what 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. God does not need our help in causing his people's hearts to burn the opening of the scriptures. But the thing is, is that we begin to look in other areas for our hearts to burn, except in the reading of the word of God that testifies of Christ. Whether it be an experience or our own revelation of a deeper quote-unquote truth, we can become convinced that the word is outdated, archaic, and irrelevant. We may even convince ourselves we don't have time to read scripture. I have so many other things in my life to do. I am too busy. And I, I hate to burst your bubble, but in this day and time with all the technology we have, let me just be frank with you, both you and I. We have no excuse for not listening or reading or hearing the word of God. We have anything available at our fingertips these days. At the push of a button, we could audibly listen to the Bible. We could take time on our lunch breaks to sit down, open the Bible, and read it. Even a chapter, a few verses, whatever it is, but we need to read the Word of God. It is so vital and important. It gives us life. It helps us to understand God and His, His heart. It helps us to understand what He hates and what He loves. It helps us to understand His instruction. We can become convinced of all these things we just talked about, about the outdating of the Word and such. And there is a misunderstanding that those who hold to the inerrant truth of Scripture worship the Bible. And let's be clear on this. We worship God in spirit and in truth. And we are to preach Christ and Him crucified. We are not worshiping the Bible. We're not worshiping the Word, but we worship the one who is the Word. How are we to do that if we know not the Word of God? This is a vital facet of our relationship with God. The call to refer back to the written Word as the final authority of instruction can be viewed as religious or limiting God. You ever heard someone say, don't put God in a box? It's funny because when you look at the word, you can see immediately in reading it that God puts his own limitations on things that we are to do and not to do. He's not limiting himself because he's God. There are things that God cannot do. God cannot lie. God cannot break his own law. He cannot do certain things because he's God. Those are the things that he cannot do, but man is very capable of doing. You see, as disciples of Christ, we are to abide in his word and to his instruction. We are to be set apart, sanctified in the truth, and that truth comes from the word of God. How will we know what God loves and what God hates if we do not know the word? 
How are we to love the one who is the word if we do not love his word? I want to encourage you today to open up the Bible and to meditate on his word. You're not going to be necessarily a Bible scholar or theologian. You don't have to be in order to read the word. This is part of our relationship with Christ. We need to know what the word of God says. We need to know it in context. We need to know the truth. So that way we can recognize false from true. We are not the disciples on the road to Emmaus, but we are to have the word written on our hearts. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesickscribe. And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.